right now we're official cool uh happy 420 man definitely happy 420 i hope uh, you're celebrating and i hope everyone who does partake in the cannabis uh day enjoys their day uh yes i did uh i i'm uh i took like a, a little puff today i don't i can't smoke as much as i used to i just fall asleep it's like as i get older <laughs> it's just like nyquil i do love it at night sometimes i'll, I'll use it to wind down um but it knocks me on my butt nowadays yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing for us too, is uh, I can only have little bits because, you know, taking care of my son and everything like that, I always have to be ready oh, and aware yeah. for, for anything that's going to happen. So it's it's always just like little bits, you know, I have a little uh, little mini bong, uh, drop that's a little awesome. nug in there, take one or two hits, Jenny and I, just to just to take the stress off, just to relax, just to unwind. And then like you said at night too, it's, it's a good thing too, sometimes just to calm the mind down to help you sleep. Yes. I think there's nothing better, like just taking a puff of indica or whatever um, is the best leap aid in the history of anything. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Weed is the greatest thing of all time. And I know it's funny because last time I went to, I totally forgot last time I went to the weed store, they gave me this flyer and I saw it on my fridge. Uh, today is like Black Friday of all the weed stores. Everything's like 50% off, 50% off. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you're in New Jersey. Do you guys have legalized dispensaries? We got, we were, I think we went legal a year or two ago, and I think they're still getting it uh, figured out. I actually just saw something that they're they're looking to shut down, I think, New Jersey's biggest dispensary because of something. They, I don't think they wanted it. I think, again, it was a political thing, somebody looking for votes or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was one of those things where it came in, and as soon as it came in, and we know, too, from... From my son, you know, he has a medical marijuana card and we get we get the nice. we get it for him. And in the beginning, it was just so difficult just for, for, for medical patients. It was so difficult. Things are getting better. Things are getting more relaxed. There are a lot more stores popping up. But I, I, I think that they're just being um, like ridiculously strict, which which they have to be, because we've heard the stories about like New York. I know New York, they've tested a lot of the, the weed that you get in, in the stores over there. And yeah. they said some of it is really junk. Oh, I bet. That's so sad. Some of the stuff I yeah. see in LA and Portland was, they had that same problem. Um, I think it's just with cities because you're trying to grow. It's like, you're trying to open like an orange store in like New York city and you're just growing the oranges yourself. You know, it's like, yeah, um, some of it's terrible. You could do a funny yeah. sketch on new jersey dispensaries being just run by the mafia i'm sure oh. they're all <laughs> sopranoed out the bada boom everything bada in new bomb. jersey is <laughs> bada boom bada bomb very good that's a good one <laughs> um hey, yeah speaking of speaking of the good jokes how's how's the comedy going you can hear my cat back here uh you know it's go i i i sound so cliche because I sound like such one of those, I just converted to like a born again Christian or whatever, but uh, I'm totally hooked. <laughs> I got bit by the uh, bug yes. uh, so bad. I love politics. I've said it a million times. I love politics growing up. Was totally obsessed with it. As a kid, I would watch cartoons, but I would more watch like C-SPAN and CNN. And my parents were just like, you're a weirdo. Um, I just was obsessed with geopolitics i could not with with domestic politics international politics war um how militaries interact globally um i was just yeah, a weird kid but i never i always thought i i don't know how to get from one side of it being like behind the scenes i never felt like i could do in front of the scenes because i had such bad stage fright i would just feel it never bothered me during 
like when I never think about it much, I just thought I'm one of those people who would never be on a stage. You know, I like behind the scenes, whatever. Um, and then just after trying it uh, in the last month or so, yeah, last couple of weeks, I don't know what it is. I just got hooked. It's like I never played golf or did a solid, I guess maybe skateboarding where it's just you against yourself. Like it's just this yes. unending sense of wanting to improve yourself and uh i just and i grew up loving that stuff like i was more like seinfeld johnny carson just the kind of yeah a pretty milk toast coca-cola whatever boring comedy guy but like richard Pryor, i loved as a kid yeah um now, i just always wanted something... to be behind the scenes but yeah you said something very interesting in your post today about uh, doing comedy and about how many friends you've made just in the past couple of weeks as a, as a compared to the past couple of years. And that's something that I find is very true. Once you start hitting that open mic circuit, you're going to come across some of the greatest people. Uh, it's, it, yes. it's, it's an interesting, it's, I, I guess, um, eclectic is possibly a word you can use. It's an, it's an interesting bunch of people that they all have a different story. They're all trying to convey it in, in the form of humor in their way. And they're all, you know, we're all kind of learning from each other, all kind of sharing. Um, yes. And, and just trying to, just trying to, just trying to laugh. So, yeah. so that's an immediate bond. That's an immediate bond with someone. I, it's, uh, you're a hundred percent right. Uh, I have been, I've been fascinated by it. I've, cause yeah, I've always been on the business side and I would once in a while go to live stuff, but not really. I was just like, I'll just watch the tape and just call the agent and get the whatever, you know? Um, I never went to stuff uh, and yeah, going to these open mics, every time I go, I feel like you meet three or four of the most interesting people you've ever met. Um, it's young to old. It's, it's fascinating and everyone's, yeah, it's, I love it. It's like music in the sense of, I always liked music so much of just seeing the bands, like their style, their tone, their story, their sound, all that, you know, is always so such an interesting reflection of humanity and yeah comedy it's even more so at these open mics it's i always think of it as like the star wars like that moss eisley cantina that do 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 you know when you walk in <laughs> yeah um but it's just they're doing an open mic you know um and it's fascinating yeah it's like everyone's from a different planet and has their own language and uh i i can't get enough i love yeah as i said before like johnny carson seinfeld those guys and so i feel so boring um but watching them yeah it's I, I can't get enough a lot of times i don't even feel like i need to go up at the open mics i kind of sometimes feel like i could just watch it you know it's like going to baseball game it's um it's it's a, you said something else very interesting there too like you said it's all ages it's all different backgrounds of people uh, and the thing that i love about open mics and, and i want to ask you if you've seen this yet too a lot of the people there, uh, not not all of them, are aspiring to be comedians to get up on stage. Some of the people that go to open mics are just doing it uh, to fulfill a bucket list thing, are doing yes. it as a form of therapy yes. that they may not want to be wanting to go on. Some people just go, I, I've, I've been to some wonderful open mics, and a lot of people you may not understand what someone may get up on stage and do. Um, a comedy is an art form. And it's in a lot of different ways. Uh, I've seen people get up on stage and do some wild things, some like Andy Kaufman style, like, is that comedy? Like, what is that? But it's yeah. their form and it's inspiring. And, and and like you said, it's wonderful to see. I, I, I've been at open mics with some some very old people and some very young people. And like I said, just sitting there is just just wonderful in itself. Yeah, it's 
it's fascinating to me. It's uh, hearing everyone's story. I always think of it's like superheroes or supervillains. Like in our world, we don't really have that. But I think since we don't, people become, instead of superheroes or supervillains, super funny, you know, it sounds cheesy, yes. but uh, they all have an origin story. You know, it's like when people win the Super Bowl, I think it's like this really good thing happened. What do you do? And they're like, I'm going to go to Disneyland with stand up. It's like this terrible, horrible thing happened. What are you going to do? And like, I'm going to do an open <laughs> mic. I'm going to go and go. Uh, try to get laughs out of this. Uh, and I love it. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, I'm totally hooked. Yeah, I went last night and did one at the biggest. There were there was nobody there in terms of people. It was just a couple of other open micers. But the room itself was, was massive. It was the largest room I played in with like a big stage. Um, and it was cool, but it was no one really there, you know. Um, but I did terrible. And I just couldn't I still hadn't figured out I was less nervous but I just kind of rambled through my five minute set really fast just to get through it because it's just like a couple comics we're just like there but just on their phone just checked out whatever it's fine it's just life uh but I just I couldn't figure out like what do I do in this situation I feel not as nervous but I don't know what to do now and I watched this YouTube video I think his name is Greg Dean I don't know if you know he teaches he teaches stand-up on YouTube um, and he has just these like two to three minute little soundbite videos like, oh, if you're at an open mic and this happens, this is what you should do. And the first one I saw when I pulled it up was like, if you're playing a big room and no one's there, and it's a dead whatever for an open mic. And uh, it was great. He was just kind of like, you should make it more for yourself and just rant yes. and talking to yourself. And it totally, yeah, it was again, I was just like, I can't get enough of this subject matter or doing it of, of stand up. It's just so fascinating. There's always more to learn. But uh, yeah. Rambling, sir. You should always, you should always, no, 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 you should always make it about you. That, 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 that's a key thing. Always make it about you. Uh, when I was preparing for, for one of the things that I was going to be doing at, uh, at Caroline's uh, big stage, I was wow. doing a couple of open mics. And like you said, I was doing an open mic um, at one place and there was absolutely nobody there. And I was like, I really need to know how this material is because I'm going to be doing it at Caroline's. And I was like, and I, I was just like, I was going to get up there and I was just going to do my set just to do it. And I was like, no, wait a second. I'm going to get up here and I'm going to do it to this completely empty room like it was a, a, a full house at a, at a big place, at Caroline's or any other place. You should still act it. This way, when you do it every time, it just becomes muscle memory. And yes. don't do it the same. Just have, like, like that, that was a key thing. Just have fun with it. Be a little more active. Be a little, be a little more fluid. Try something that maybe you normally haven't. Um, and another thing that I'm going to correct you on is when you said you did terrible last night. I'm going to keep correcting <laughs> you on that. Stop saying that. I you know. got up there. You did better. You're learning. Like you said, each time is going to get 1% better, and that's the most important thing. You're learning from that mic and that stage every time, whether it's for one person or a 1,000 people. You're going to learn and get better. No, that's true. Thank you for saying that. I think it's one of the reasons I love John Stewart so much is he's so hard ah, on himself. Yeah. He's just beats himself. I'm like, I totally get that. It's just natural. Um, but I did do terrible. <laughs> no, but in a good way, all the things you're saying, I learned. And for the first time, I was like, I'm not nervous. I just, it sounds so nasally right now. Sorry, my allergies. But uh, I was like, I'm not nervous. I don't feel like I'm going to break out in a cold sweat. I just don't know what to do now. And like, he, this guy was saying, he's like, you could, like you were saying, he's like, you could do your set. You could practice it, get it down. Or you could just say, I'm going to do this for myself because no one's listening. So when I leave, I'm like, I had fun. That was awesome. Whatever. Then, you know, you're not 
looking for laughs and just getting silence and then beating yourself up, whatever. So it's like, you could just rant about the day or talk about stuff. And I was like, yeah, I could have ranted about the UFO hearings. I don't know if you watched, there were shorts and there wasn't a lot going on. Like Kristen Gillibrand is awesome. Your Senator, I should say Gillibrand, but uh, um, there was a, that short video. I don't know if you checked that out. I said, yeah, it's like three yes. seconds they released, um, but it was kind of underwhelming. I was like, I should have just ranted about that, but instead it was almost like a high school speech class. You know, I was like, I'm just going to do my five minutes of blah, blah. So, so now what are your thoughts on, on these hearings? Because basically I, I've been doing just like yes. the quick catch up, uh, uh, seeing what's going on. And from what I'm gathering, once again, it's, uh, it's our government going, there's something there. We can't explain what it is. We don't know what it is, but we're going to say it's not alien. Well, if you can't say what it is, then you can't say it's not alien either, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's, I sound so nasally, sorry. Uh, I wonder still, yeah, why it just, yeah, it, it makes me wonder at the end of the day, why are they just so weird about it and paranoid and they don't want to talk about it? And it makes me think they either just have no idea what's going on. They had this guy come out, Sean Kirkpatrick, who's the head of Aero. It's like A-A-R-O, Aerial Anomaly resolution office i sound terrible here sorry but uh uh it was just him out there and he's got some slides and he showed the three the three second video and the whole time he was kind of like you know i have a small staff and we're going through thousands of reports and a couple of hundred here are anomalous we do not know what they are they could be whatever but they're definitely not alien but we don't know what they are <laughs> and my staff is small and it's taking forever so it could be like men in black where then he leaves and goes to a secret, you know, government layer, and they have ten thousand people working on this with, you know, technology we've never seen, uh, and they're just talking to aliens. Or it really is like that, but it would make me sad if there really is. Sorry, I'm terrible with my allergies, of course, kicking in. But uh, if there really are not a lot of people working on this, because again, to me, it seems like if we're spending a trillion dollars a year on our military and everybody, like you know, the rest of the country is not doing so great. Um, and I love the military, but if if they're spending that kind of money and not spending vast amounts of resources to try to look into this, it seems crazy to me because you could leapfrog stuff by light years in terms of physics or science, um, propulsion, energy, in terms of how these craft work, who they are, where they're from. Like it just, I think we could get so much information. Everything we're trying to do in the world right now, like we could just we could leapfrog human ambition by so much but uh if it's just yeah like 10 guys who are like making minimum wage you know it's just it's so strange to me um i don't know sorry but i'm we, going we, off we, that weed no, is no, kicking no. in <laughs> no <laughs> but will will we ever know the truth and do they do they want us i mean of course listen there's area 51 there's there's some secretive stuff going on there uh, there, there's so many stories, and especially now with today's technology and everyone basically having a video camera at their access at all times, there's yeah. so much video out there, but yet there's still so much denial or it's a weather balloon or it's this or it's it's a reflection off of something. And then, and then there are the ones that they, they, they just can't explain. But uh, you, it's to go back to something that you kind of touched on too, the technology that would be, uh, you know, uh, learned uh, from every everything that we could gather from them. I think that's a scary thing because I don't think we as as a society, as a world, want to 
uh, collectively get that information. Unfortunately, yeah, I think agreed. when you look at the world that we're in, I think each country wants it. And I think they want to have the individual power, whether it's for good, bad, ugly, or or whatever. Yes. And and that's a scary thing is that the world doesn't want to seem to get together and, and connect with uh, these aliens, whatever you want to call them. Again, it seems to be a fight for which country, who can get the technology, who can use it for a weapon, who can use it for yes. for for whatever they want to use it for, and that and that, that's that's scary. That's the only thing that's scary about aliens to me. Uh, yes, I, my my gut my gut feeling is yeah. is when they do come here or if they are here, I do believe that they would want to help us. I do believe that that we would they would see that we are a, a being, a race, whatever you want to call us. That's that's in peril. I mean this this. <laughs> We're, we're, we're destroying everything. We are. We are. And I wonder, I mean, yeah, everything you said, I think is 100% correct. And I think if the military does have a lot of people working on this, that is why they would want to keep it secret. Yeah. And why they would not want to tell them. everything you said is 100% correct. Um, and why they would want to seem make it seem like, yeah, that they're just not really paying attention to it. But also it worried me a little bit because it was Gillibrand, who's a Democrat, and before a lot of this stuff has been seeming to me, it seemed like it was bipartisan. It was a lot of Democrat Republicans on the same page, which I thought was really cool and a breath of fresh air. But then Joni Ernst uh, uh, was there, who's a Republican. And just real quick, uh, I think only like they were the only two big ones there out of like eight that senators that could have been there, only two showed up. Um, so it's like, that's okay, whatever. And Joni Ernst, kind of the whole time, is just a Republican. You could sort of see him drawing party lines. She was like, well, just couldn't this be just Russians? Couldn't just this be Chinese? It doesn't have to be UFOs. Like just trying, you can see just trying to shut down that narrative. Um, and I kept thinking, like, why do you care? What's the big, you know? But I think, and I don't want to sound like such a I sound like such a nasally allergy conspiracy theorist. Uh, I don't want to sound like a total nutter, <laughs> but I think, you know, oil plays into it. You know, it's oil is so lucrative. You just look at it mathematically, America goes through 20 million barrels a day. Um, it's crazy amount of money at like 50 to 100, you know, dollars a barrel. Um, yeah. it's just billions every year. And then you would times that by what, like five or six or seven globally. Um, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's just trillions of dollars. And I think if you have these craft that can do these things that can go insane speeds, go vast distances and not require gasoline, whatever's in there, <laughs> you could power like you know, states with one engine, you know, it would yeah. radically, yeah, it would change everything. Um, right. And so I wonder if that's some of it's economic. It's probably a lot of stuff. Well, those those in power definitely want to stay in power and they would have a reason to to keep the power and not let us, the little people, in on their secrets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like corporations would like to keep it under wraps for their reasons, government. Like, yeah, I think everyone involved has had their reason for wanting to keep it just secret or that because for most of it also not even secret but just that it didn't exist for most of yeah. american history for 99 percent of it it was just like oh it's nonsense there's nothing there it's just made up it's just whatever um and now just what 2017 once the, there were those first new york times articles that broke that was the first time the government sort of was on record saying this is this is legit um yeah, yeah. did you see the spacex rocket explode today it was cool and sad yeah it, that, that yeah exactly it's it's interesting <laughs> because it's it, it you see an ex 
explosion and you think, oh, but yet they're they're looking at it as it they learned a lot of good stuff from it. And I guess that's 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 the takeaway is that the information that they got from that uh, explosion was all good stuff. So. Yeah, they do. I'm not a rocket scientist. (laughs) Yeah, me either. They do seem to turn it around (laughs) fast when they get crashes. They figure it out. They're sort of the opposite of NASA. Um, That thing was massive, though. I can't wait. I'm going to the moon. I'm going to space, no matter what. That's my. That doesn't even sound that crazy. William Shatner has been there. That's crazy to think about. The guy who played. Sorry to me to cut you off. Your voice sounds so professional. I sound like a 15 year old kid talking through a kazoo here. I'm like, right, right, right. No, trust it's me, I'm raining and it's so sunny today. Yeah. Uh, you sound like Walter Cronkite. Yeah, allergy season is bad. <laughs> this year, I feel, it's like, be I feel like his age. Yeah, it, it is really bad this year. Local honey, though, if uh, anybody out there is listening and you're suffering, if you can find locally uh, locally uh, farmed honey, uh, the, the bees collect the pollen in your area and it does make a big difference. Trust me, I'm speaking from experience on that. Local honey helps your allergies. Oh, that's awesome. I wonder if LA mm-hmm. has local honey, Venice honey. You you, you pretty much can Hobo find honey. Uh, local honey anywhere. Yeah. Even if you, if you go on Amazon and you Google local honey, they'll find the, the closest farm to you and you can actually just get it from there. Wow. That's awesome. You know your stuff. You know yeah. your honey stuff. Well, you should, I, I you should never had that. allergies. <laughs> I just started allergies a couple of years ago and each year it gets worse and worse. And I just found out about that. Like I said, just a spoonful of honey and some hot water and you just drink it down in the morning and it definitely helps. That's awesome. I just drink Pepsi in the morning. It's bad. I got to start drinking <laughs> normal stuff. Uh, have you played with chat GPT at all? I was going to ask you that. No, not enough. Not enough. My, my daughter's been doing so much AI stuff and we've, we've been doing a lot of like other AI stuff. And again, it's, it's so interesting to us here in this house and uh, just the conversations we have that that's going to be next, next chance that we actually get to sit down and do something together. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to be doing that more. That's awesome. And your show is blowing up on YouTube. You have so many subscribers now and viewers. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we're just, we're just having fun. Uh, and again, I think that's the most important thing. And I, uh, I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, I want to thank you. You've, you've been an inspiration because it is hard. It is mm-hmm. difficult. Um, I, and I know like, even with you two, you and I are, are pretty much the same type of person. You want to do this. It gets frustrating. It gets tiring. You can easily come up with excuses, but the bottom line is, yeah. is just do it. And again, yeah. it's, it's, it's like the open mic, the open mic, the podcast. If there's one person, if there's a hundred people paying attention, it's, it's for you. It's do yes. it for you because you feel good about it. Put your energy, put what you put out there and eventually it'll connect to the right people. And that's, that's all you, you just got to keep doing it. Yeah. And again, yeah. Thank you for that inspiration for you getting up on the open mic, for you getting doing this. You've oh, been an inspiration. Course, so thank you, you. Yeah. Ditto. Yeah. Right back at you. I mean, it was, I never thought I would, I would try to get up there and get on stage and it's so fun. And I don't even really want to get, I don't want to get famous. I think that would be terrible. I think like I worked retail I think I, I might have said this before. And yeah, I think it would be like always being at work. Like people would always want to talk to you and you would have to be nice to everybody. And uh, that would be like a living hell for me. I would uh, I, I would not like that at all. Uh, yeah, I kind of like being just terrible and having no, I feel like it's something I can kind of age into. I found that there's cruise ships. There's like these cruise lines, the comedians, not the, you know, the big fancy ones, but just like, more of, I guess, the whatever. I want to go on fancy stuff, but they can get these gigs where they'll just go out to sea. Oh, yeah. um, I'm like, I'll just do that for like 10 years, 15 years until Social Security. Yeah. Kicks in and then... 
I'm set. My my goals are so low. Yeah, I have a. Um, that's a awesome. wonderful goal. That's that is not a low goal. That's uh, just spend your time on a cruise ship, getting paid, and just uh, yeah, making people laugh. Yeah, I talked to one kid at an open mic. I was telling him that, and he was like, "Oh, I worked at a management company. We did that for our clients." And he was like, "Some of them are the fancy ones. We're making like four hundred grand a year." I was like, "That's I'll never be that qualified." Wow. But wow. I'll do like thirty that's... grand version. You know, it'll be just like deadliest catch. So people Jeez, have and of course for you free room and board and i'm sure the food's free so that's that's a that's a good life right there yeah i think it'd be amazing if i could i'm i sound so nasally it sucks i feel so clogged right now uh if i could smoke weed and play video games and just you know have access to the internet and then live on a cruise ship uh and get paid and have that be like my 60s that would be the greatest thing of all time um that's the way well, it is for it is 420, so that's uh, go smoke some up and, and live that dream. <laughs> I will. I will. I'm going to, uh, I took the day off today. I'm like, I'm just going to do nothing. I did like seven open mics in a row. Um, and so I'm just exhausted. Good for you. Yeah. I, I've been, li- yeah. they say on the internet, they say these teacher guys on YouTube, they say there's no uh, substitute for stage time. You just have to do it over and over. And they just wanted to kill that stage fright. Absolutely. That's like I said, that's, that's what I've learned from some of the great comedians that I've, I've, uh, I've, I've worked with. And it, it comes down to the, if you want to learn anything, the mic, that's, that's the answer to, to any question you have about comedy. How do I do this? What do I do? When should I, the mic, the mic, the mic is your answer. You have to be up there. You have to be standing in front of it and you have to do it. And you're going to learn, you're going to learn from your mistakes. Uh, don't use the term terrible again. Uh, it's you, you didn't do terrible. You, 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 that's going to be learn. the name of my first standup album. I'm terrible. I love it. I think it's just, where else can it's like I'm either going to be crazy guy at the bus stop talking about UFOs or I'll just get open mics and do it. <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, that's a well, good no, future, <laughs> yeah, exactly. My goals are tiny. Uh, well, dude, thank you so <laughs> much for doing this. This was awesome. I sound like such a nasally surfer, um, but we'll have to do another one. Um, yeah, the guy I was supposed to have on, he's like a UFO guy, and he said he burst his eardrums. Like, uh, oof, that's no fun. Yeah, I can't wait to hear. Maybe well, listen, a UFO. Colin, Colin, you know, anytime anything you ever need, you just reach out. And again, like I said, I'm grateful to you. Uh, and this is what we do. We we help each other out. That's that's what humans do, and that's what hopefully aliens will do too. We'll all just help each other out. Yeah, I hope they don't just eat us because, like you're saying, we messed up the planet <laughs> so bad. They're just gonna be like, we're well, gonna move in. See, I'm, 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 I, I don't mean to put you in a position. I don't mean to make you feel bad. But the thing is, though, is I kind of think that I would be much less edible than you uh, with all my hair. I mean, they would look at me and they'd be like, I don't want that in my mouth. I got this crazy hair. I got this beard. I got it's you true. maybe easier. I, you know, they would it's, have to shave I'm hoping you first. that my <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, he did say in an interview that uh, he tried to eat someone with a bunch of tattoos and he was like, it was disgusting. It was like a big pet. He was like, I would never do it again. I was like, yes. So, so there you go. So you're, yeah, yeah, tattoos and beards. They could save us from being eaten. All right, there we go. Put that on my resume. <laughs> uh, well, dude, have a great 420. Tell your fam I say what up. And uh, uh, yeah, man, thank you so much. Uh, always, Colin. Thank you so much, man.